It is 11.03. Dr. Payne Show is here. What's going on, buddy? Dr. Lou's here. On well, Dr. Lou's here. Show. But you're like, you're like Dr. Payne. You need I a cape. So. Yeah. It's like your superhero alter ego. It's a bad thing to focus on. It's a bad <laughs> do you have, name do you have a pee on. on your chest when you open up your shirt? You have <laughs> yeah. <a pee? laughs> that, that'd be pretty impressive eh, yeah. if I did that with patients. Oh, yeah. Here. Look at this. <laughs> here. They'd be running out. I'd have all kinds of lawsuits. <laughs> You're uh, Dr. Payne. I thought you were just Dr. Lou. <laughs> Goes into a phone booth. It's like, no, out. but that's like the alter ego, like Clark yeah. Kent and Superman, yeah. right? So Dr. Lou and Dr. Payne. Oh, I like that. The you alter see? ego. Yeah, that's, that's what I was trying nice to get at, look at the whole time. Yeah. I just blew just two minutes took you on two it. two years to, to get it across. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we have Greg here. Oh, really? boy. To clarify everything. You know, I help, man. I just, you know, I'm a positive contribution. <laughs> we are, are going to get him to help today because he's going to explain the importance of prehabilitation yep. and then followed by rehabilitation. So, um, Greg, you had surgery on two Mondays ago? Um, yes. So it's been, uh, this Monday's going to be two weeks. Two weeks and it yeah. was an ACL repair. It was a reconstruction, so I had a transplant from a cadaver. Cadaver. So it was a bone tendon bone transplant, plus they repaired my PCL because they were both shut. Right. And so both um, your surgeon and the physiotherapist that you're working with now have both commented on how um, you being in shape prior to your surgery has helped, and now you're actually seeing that effect that you're you're actually doing much better. Well, I remember my uh, my surgeon saying to me, if you were squatting 350 pounds before the surgery, you, your muscles are still there. Yeah. So, you know, your the stability within the area is going to have probably the single biggest impact on your ability to recover faster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the uh, the interesting thing that I found, uh, Lou, was this, that uh, I... I I finally did the injury last December, but because my legs are so strong, I continued to work out. Right. So I did a lot of squatting. I did a lot of lunges. I did a lot of weight-bearing exercises just to solidify that area and prepare myself for the surgery. And um, I can tell you that it made all the difference in the world. Right. And And now following that surgery, you're also doing the proper rehabilitation after the surgery. Well, look at it this way. I mean, I'm 46 now. I I expect to live up to 90 if I stay healthy. I mean, this is a leg that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So if I have to slow down for, you know, three, four months, it's a very, very small investment Mm -hmm. into my future because this is is what this is. Yeah. Uh, Unless I have a bionic leg, which I won't, then this is what I've got. So my ability to stick with the program, and you know what I have found is that a lot of my buddies that go through surgery, they don't, they don't do physio. No, and that's not just your buddies. That's a ton of people out there. It is incredible how many people that I end up coming to see me. They they have it's a very similar story. They had some type of surgery, um, and they thought the surgery was going to be the cure, and then like that's all of it. Sudden, they're done, and they're that's yeah. it. They're game over, and that they, sh- they should have been perfect after that. Yeah. And they don't realize how important the rehabilitation after is. And in fact, never mind. Before we even deal with the rehabilitation, which is what you do after. Uh, with Greg, I think the thing that makes the big difference is the prehabilitation. Now he he does it. It's part of your lifestyle. You you are an active active person. You do these things. But we prescribe this to people. I just had a person who's lost um, like ninety percent of the range in their shoulders due to a severe trauma and a tear that they had. Sent them to Doctor Bergava. Doctor Bergava said you have to do 
you need surgery 100% you need but before surgery that. but before that yeah. you are going to do 6 weeks of therapy with the physiotherapist at 3 times a week before I go in there because if I go in there like this your outcomes after are going to be horrible you 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 may never get the motion back you may never do all these things and I sat with the patient I reiterated everything you know, it, it sometimes people need to be educated on why that is the case because the surrounding musculature needs to be strong. You get it needs them up to, to be speed. conditioned. Yeah. yeah, you just got to catch that area up to where it should be, um, and that's what they're doing. And they're following the game plan. And you know, it's what you said is very important. A lot of people forget to look at the long term, like how long life is. Mm -hmm. And I've seen athletes who come in and and you know we're dealing with them and we're saying, okay, you got to take three weeks off of whatever sport in order for this injury to heal. And you tell an athlete anything more than like five hours that they're not allowed to do their their sport, and they're up like they're yeah. just losing their mind. They're like, "Well, how's?" That? But it's like you have to think of it. If you're taking away three weeks right now, do you want to play your sport for the next ten years? Because if you want to play for the next ten years, it's going to cost you three weeks yeah. right now. And what you said is very very important for you know forget an athlete, but the urban athlete, the everyday person. Yeah, you're going to live into your 80s, your 90s. Uh, sometimes you have to take a break somewhere in between those 90 years to do something properly to an area so that you can keep getting it strong. You can get it to the point where it needs to be. And there's a ton of athletes out there that have the same problem that you have, and they can still function. And you probably could have functioned even without the reconstruction. You know, actually, this is what my, you know, my surgeon said to me, Greg, you don't need to do this. Yeah. But if you continue to fight and you want to do it on a more professional level, you need to get this repair. You see, my, my, the muscle in the surrounding area was so strong that, you know, I didn't even feel it. I mean, no. I, I continued to fight after that. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, you know, if I want to do this and I want to do it properly, I, I have to do what is right. And rushing things is the, oppos the opposite of perfection. So I decided to take a calculated break of the next three or four months for me to rehabilitate my legs to the point that they're normal again. And it's hard, man. It's so hard because I'm a high energy person yeah. and I feel that I have all this energy just pent up inside. But this is the price I have to pay to rehabilitate my knee to the degree that I wanted yeah. in order for me to do my stuff. But I, I got to tell you, man, I, if I could only emphasize uh, to, to your listeners here now, the importance of staying in shape and also of following the protocol that happens after your surgery is so important. Every surgery that, uh, that I've heard, it's got a specific protocol of rehabilitation. Right. So now, you know, my prescription says here, this is the ACL reconstruction protocol. They gave that to my physiotherapist. He knows exactly what needs to happen now. Yep. And so you do need, it. You need yeah. to do it. Do it. And, and it's honestly not rocket science. I mean, the protocol for rehab is you got to control swelling and pain in the beginning. You got to get range of motion back. And then you got to strengthen. And and that is the just dedication. Yeah, yeah, it's just dedication. And yep. some people like Greg will progress through that much quicker than other people. But you know, there's so many factors in prognosis, but it is so important that you follow through with that. A lot of people get caught up in, oh, I don't want to spend the money on the physiotherapy. Sometimes after surgery, you can qualify for OHIP physio. It's very, very low level, like just something to be done. It's It, it really is worth investing either if you have extended healthcare benefits or even if you got to pay for it. Because, I mean, when you look at it, if, if you said the average treatment cost, even on the high end, call it 100 bucks, 
and you need to do it three times a week is 300 bucks. And then say you do it for five weeks, that's 1500 bucks, but 1500 bucks for, like you said, to get you to 90 so that you can have what you need to have in yeah, that but it's knee. My it's, not, it's, yeah, it's my leg. It's my leg. If you're 46, well, you're, say you're 66 and you're walking the Great Wall of China with your kids, you'll look back and go, thank God I did all that work on my knee. And you know, it's, it's, not, right? uh, it's not an like, inexpensive proposition. I mean, you still need to spend a little bit of money, but at the end of it, all it comes down to this. This is... This is this is what you've got. This is your body. Yeah. So your inability to look after it and understand how long you are going to be with your body is 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 going to cloud the overall and the ultimate goal, which is to live a long life of healthy, healthy yeah. body. One hundred. The, the thing is, though, the point that I want you have your pet peeves that you talk about on your show. My pet peeves are when people don't want to invest in their health care. They oh, believe man. that healthcare should be free because we have, you, you know, we have the OHIP system and mm-hmm. I won't get into the specifics, the political side of OHIP and how it's not really a public uh, system and all those things and how it's really two tiered. But if you're not going to invest your money into getting better, the amount of people like that, I think need to say something like a psychologist for the cognitive behavior therapy. Oh, that I got to pay out of my pocket for that. So what? So yeah. what if you have to pay you out of your, your pocket tablet. so that you can be healthy or so you can work towards getting better. Why does that matter? What 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 is the big deal? If you're not willing to spend that money on those things, right. I, I mean, and I, I get certain people are in tough financial situations and I'm not saying this, that everybody should always spend whatever money. There, there are things, but the amount of people that I meet that walk in, you know, wearing a Rolex or something and then saying they don't want to spend the money. It's like, you need to get your priorities straight in that sense oh, too, right? Amen like, to that, man. Amen to that. 100%. You got to get your priorities straight in life in terms of where you want to dedicate your financial resources. Thank you, you for having me, Lou. No problem, or buddy. Dr. P. <laughs> Dr. P. <laughs> Stick around. We have lots more Rip on the way. Shirt. Your phone calls. Yeah, there it is. The P on your chest. Oh, the letter. Sorry. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. That is the number to call in. You have pain questions, comments. Bring them on until uh, 12 o'clock. Dr. Payne Show continues. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And when the show is not happening, one eight five 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 drlou is the uh, number you want to call. Info at paincarecanada.com. Uh, Dr. Lou is here to take your calls. Uh, bring them on. we got open lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Talking uh, prehab, rehab. I, uh, my brother-in-law, as a matter of fact, avid golfer. I mean, he's, he's not as physically aggressive into sports uh, to the level that Greg is, but he's an active guy, and he had a he had a major knee surgery, uh, what, six months, a year ago. And he was, everyone was shocked, like, man, how do you do so much of that physio, the exercises, you know, a couple times a day, seven days a week, and he was absolutely regimented. And you have to. He's back, man. He's and, back. And, and listen, you know, let's be realistic. Greg is in great shape. He does a lot of things. I'm not advocating that you need to be, you know, this level of an athlete in order right. to qualify for surgery. But you need to be at the bare bones of things, right? Like if you, yep. if you are classified as severely obese, you don't walk around, your diet is as piss poor as it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Those are not ideal things. Like, you know, I, I'm by no means so, like as great shape of Greg, but I'd be an, an okay candidate for surgery. Yeah, I'd I, probably I, get through. Yeah. yeah, we'd both get through. Like, we'd, so maybe even Jody. Would Jody get through? Right, Jody's yeah, like, serious. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, if you've got a, a good balanced diet, you've got, um, you know, some, you're some active. I'm not saying you have to run marathons every week, but as long as you get your heart rate up, you get that cardiovascular uh, system going, that's what's important. And, and there's too many people out there that are just looking for, I just want to go for a surgery and be fixed. It's like, that's not necessarily the way it happens. 
Uh, if you don't do the stuff after, you're going to fall into some big, big problems. So, um, you know, we, we have a call right now from Paul, uh, I guess, has had three knee surgeries. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Paul, what's up, pal? Hi there. How are you guys doing? Good, sir. What's going on? Um, yeah, quick question about my latest appointment with my surgeon. Um, just a very brief history. I've had three surgeries. The first one was to repair a severed PCL. Um, a few years later, I was having problems with swelling, went back to the surgeon, and he suggested an HTO surgery to realign my leg to try and get some of the pressure off of the knee. Right. Um, it didn't work. I went back in in January of this year to take out the hardware because not only was, did it not repair the swelling, the swelling became permanent, but I also was having a lot of nerve damage, and the hardware seemed to be touching some of the nerves. Right. So in January, the nerve uh, we took the hardware out. Nerve damage is now gone, which is great, but the swelling was still there. I went a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, back to the surgeon for uh, uh, to see how things were coming along, and the swelling. I talked to him. I heard on your show about the PRP. Yep. So I asked him about that, and during the appointment, he said the studies aren't very they they haven't been very good on it he suggested another product called Uflexa okay i don't know if you've heard of it but it's three injections apparently that you put in these similar to the PRP now the question i have for you is that um the study after having it done i was i was looking about uh, on the product and it said you had to have three separate injections he gave me all three in the same day and I had for three weeks now, I had burning in there, um, just weird sensations. Those sensations are now gone, but, I mean, the swelling is still there. There's nothing I can do about it. But I was curious if you know about that product, Uflexa, and if you have any opinion on it. If if I, I'm not 100% sure of the brand name, I believe it's probably just the hyaluronic acid injection. Okay. Um, and it's just under a brand name, right? Like, like how Tylenol is a acetaminophen. Okay. I'm not sure I can do a little bit more research. All I can tell, so your issue is, so th- when we presented on the PRP injections, what we presented specifically to was people that have osteoarthritis of their knee and that's the primary source of pain. So your issue is a little bit different where we're not dealing with just wear and tear that's causing your issue you've had ligament damage meniscal right. damage so this is different we didn't okay. see we weren't we weren't advocating that we saw research that supported PRP injections for those types of things we were advocating okay. that it was very good for people who have osteoarthritis mild to moderate osteoarthritis and need to minimize the amount of inflammation to minimize their pain so that they right. can delay their surgery essentially it was kind of where we were were trying to go with it or to, or to minimize their symptoms so okay. we saw very very good research on that we didn't see any research you know i had a person call me about um uh, a ligament issue in their shoulder and PRP injections for that because they had heard it was good. And I gave them the same answer that I'm giving you. I have not seen any research that supports uh, PRP injections for uh, specifically, um, you know, regrowth of tissue or anything like that. So I can't really comment. And I'm not even going to say to you that PRP is your option. What I also will tell you is, again, I, I'm going to have to do my review of the research on uh, this specific product, but if it is hyaluronic acid, uh, I mean, the research was pretty clear that that stuff and cortisone injections for knee pain 
tends to be quite useless. And it sounds like you're reiterating that just based on your experience. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and, and this is where, honestly, after surgeries, I think the big focus should be on therapy, doing therapy after surgeries, not necessarily injections, things like that. You really don't even I've seen, you know, after doing the PRP show, we've got a ton of calls. I would say that about 30 percent of the people that I've spoke to about um, the PRP injections they wanted. I've told them, no, don't get it. It won't be of any benefit yeah. to you. Um, and, that, and that's what he said, too, to me. He thought based on my specific situation, it wouldn't have been helpful. Now, talking about therapy, am I too late to no. get back into therapy no. being in my situation? No, absolutely not. Will you okay. have as good of an outcome as someone who started on day one? Maybe okay. not, but it is never too late to start therapy, no. And and okay. I think, give me a call, we can help you set you up with a, the right place where you should be doing that therapy, because, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it after. Sure, Paul, again, one 855 Lou D-R-L-O-U. And uh, make that call info at paincarecanada.com. And for your phone calls as well, we still have time right till noon, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, this is 640 Toronto. 1123 and the number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. To uh, call in, uh, by the way, uh, info at paincarecanada.com. Get that consultation happening. one 855 Dr. Lou is the number. Uh, it was picking up where we left off. Yeah, we, I think the person's name was Paul. Paul. So, yeah, um, you know, he was he was talking about, is it too late to do therapy? No. Yeah. Uh, but more important, this is something. So just using, again, the example of Greg. Greg called me to talk to me about something else last week, and he had already started therapy somewhere else. He didn't know that I have a provider out in Oakville where he lives. Um, and he kind of said, like, oh, you know, like, I, I can go to your place. And I was like, no, like, first, tell me what what is being done with you. And he kind of walked through what the therapist that he was seeing was doing. Mm-hmm. said, no, you're doing everything right. There is no need to change. Uh, and, and the reason why I bring that up is it's very important that when you're getting therapy, like, we can't classify therapy as all, it always being the same. Even when I meet people and I say, okay, well, what have you had done for this? And they say, I've had physiotherapy or I've had chiropractic. I always say, okay. Great. Now tell me exactly what they did, because there's a million different things that can be done. I need to know, was the protocol done right? And, you know, we spoke about what happened with Greg, where we said, you know, it's it's pretty simple. You're you're going to minimize pain and swelling. You're going to move on to range of motion, getting the motion back. Mm -hmm. And then you start to strengthen that the whole complex again to rehabilitate it. A lot of places you go to are just slapping a machine on you. They're leaving you. They're putting something on you. You know, it's in. It needs to be the right type of therapy for the right time. And I'm not saying slapping a machine on and leaving somebody is the wrong therapy. It depends when you're doing that. And this this is huge with people that I see with chronic back pain, where they're saying they're going somewhere and, and it's just very, very passive. Like they go somewhere and it's like, yeah, machine, some soft tissue work, this, that, blah, blah, blah. If you're not being active, if, if you have any type of chronic issue and you are not doing things every single day, multiple times every day on your own, you're doing the wrong stuff. And someone either is telling you and you're not following it or even worse, you're not being told. And that's a big red flag because if you're not being told, that's a problem because it's one thing if you don't do it because you don't know. You're The average person is not a physiotherapist, they're not a chiropractor, they don't know how to rehabilitate things. But if you're seeing someone and they have not mentioned to you that you should be doing some active things, to me, that's a red flag. And it's a big red flag because the research is very, very clear with almost any type of pain issue and injury issue. 
that if there is not an active component where you, the person who is injured or is experiencing pain, is not doing things every single day, multiple times a day in the in terms of rehabilitation exercises, range of motion exercises, maybe some stretching exercises, getting healthy overall, your diet needs to, you, there's things that promote inflammation that you should be eliminating at certain points. If you're not doing those things and you're not getting better, it really should be no surprise why you're not getting better. Because if you're not being active in your care and you think that someone else can take your pain away, then then you're you're totally wrong on what pain management is. One hundred percent, like getting it totally, totally wrong. And as you and as you said, timing is key. If you wait six months to start doing this and then get on the horse. Your results might possibly not be nearly as good. Yeah, or it might take longer, whereas it may have taken four or five weeks to get you back to where it is. Like, you know, the average person that has an ACL reconstruction like Greg did, we would say that the recovery time is like three months, right? Based on what I saw out of Greg today, I wouldn't be surprised within a a month if he's feeling 100%. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean the structures have healed, but but I'm talking usually... It takes about three months for people to feel better. He's already feeling better. And I wouldn't be surprised if within a month he's feeling 100%. Now, that doesn't mean for the next two months he should go buck wild. He still needs to be, he, the body still needs time to heal. Uh, but it just depends. So if you start later, if you, you know, I see people who have been suffering with, I don't know, call it chronic low back pain for 30 years and they're coming in. And when I'm telling them that they need to do rehabilitation for at least six months, they're like, Six months. That's it's a lifetime. Long, yeah, that's how long. It's like, well, you've you've had it for thirty years. Yeah. You know, you you want someone to help you get better. How quickly? How? What are you looking for? Yeah. Three visits. A quick needle. Yeah. Like the it doesn't work that way. The it it's kind of like losing and gaining weight, right? Like it doesn't happen right. overnight, right? And you have to think about it in that sense. If you can't say if you're forty pounds overweight that you could lose that in a week, versus if you're only two pounds overweight, of course you can lose that in a week. And it's the same thing with pain management. If you've been dealing with a chronic issue for a very long time, it's going to take a long time mm-hmm. to get it better. And when I say get it better, that doesn't even mean cure it. I had um, I had a patient come in. Um, and I don't know if I talked about this already. I don't think I did. Um, patient come in and she was suffering with a lot of chronic issues. Um, just from the moment I saw her, you could see the anxiety in her face and her body. Um, and, you know, she came into the room. We spoke. She she right off the bat told me she's very nervous. She was nervous all day just about meeting me, talking to me because she has an anxious personality. Um, she's had chronic neck and uh, and shoulder pain uh, for a long time, but most recently she was actually admitted into a hospital because of how bad her pain was. They did every test under the sun that you can imagine, and everything came back, you know, within normal right. limits, right? Like, it's very hard to say normal because what is classified as normal? Was there a little bit of degenerative disease? Speaking? Yeah, of course. But, you know, wh- the one thing that I was impressed with, and, and I don't know if it's because I talk about this a lot on the radio and she listens to the show, but right off the bat, I knew that this person's answer was not in physical therapy. It wasn't in medication. It wasn't CBT. injections. It was that she suffers from chronic depression yep. and anxiety. And if she doesn't get that under control, if she doesn't control her mind, then her body's not going to feel any better. And you know what the best part about it was? Was maybe my message is getting through. She was 100% receptive. 100%. No kidding, she, good. She, she completely sat there and said, yes, you're right. That's why I'm here. You are right. I need to find the right person to help me deal with this. Um, and we created a report and we sent it off to 
uh, to her to send to a psychologist so that she can go. But she wanted to do that. She finally realized that the biggest source of her uh, problem, her pain, is not her body. It's her mind and, and the anxiety, the depression that she suffers with. And, you know, it was incredible to see that that that. It's just so nice because I remember starting in this industry and talking about, and it wasn't that long ago, and talking to people about these things. And when you mention the psychological, you mention the social, mm-hmm. it's like people just got like taboo, r- like right out, like you know, losing their mind on you. Like, what are you saying? I'm crazy that I'm making this up. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that your mind. I've said it a million times. Is your motherboard? It controls everything that you experience, including your pain levels. And if you are more anxious or your mind is overactive in any ways, whether that's through anxiety or depression or whatever other issue, then it's not surprising to think that the other systems that are, are displayed in your body are also going to be heightened, which means that little, you know, people who are who have chronic pain and are pain focused, the reason why we say they're pain focused is everybody feels little twinges in their body. Everybody. It's just the average person like you, you, Jody, other people, you feel it, you forget it. You you pay attention to it in that one second and it's Move gone. On. The chronic pain patient feels that and focuses in on it and amplifies it. Oh my God, what is this? Could this also be coming from here? Am I, am I still feeling it? And, and they amplify that and, and they just, they become focused internally. Right, like I've suffered with this too. You just you just become focused on you and your body. You forget that there's a world out there, and and that's how I even control it myself. You sometimes need to tell yourself, focus on the outside, right. focus on the people around you, focus on your job, focus on the things you need to do. Forget about every little feeling in your body because that's what creates the the the, the downward spiral in chronic pain. You have any comments or questions? Uh, bring them on four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Still got time, and we got open lines. It's the Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 1133, Dr. Payne Show right here, and 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on cell. We'll get to the phone calls. Uh, I see you line them up there. You know, it's funny, and I was I was listening to this. I, I caught this somewhere the other day that they said, a good thing to do, and I think it speaks to what you're talking about with, with pain and going through your mind, and a lot of it's your thought process. They said, with a doctor and even with a dentist, they said a good practice is to find something in common you have with your, your treating 100%. dentist because then you have empathy with each other. And even though they're physically not making any difference pulling a tooth, you think you're going to feel you, less pain because you have something in you common. You know, it's funny that you say that. A lot of times when I when I refer – so my job really, I assess people and then I'll refer them to someone else. Um, and I don't just – refer to one chiropractor or one physiotherapist or one surgeon. I have a whole team of people that I can refer to. And as I get to know, I, I, you know, we just hired a new physiotherapist at mm-hmm. one of my locations. I went out to lunch with them and they thought I had an agenda like about work stuff. I was like, no, I just, I want to get to know you. I want to know yep. the type of person you are. And the reason why I do that, number one, is because I, I like to get to know people um, if they're going to work in my team, obviously. Uh, but second of all, when you're referring people I, I really, a lot of the times, it's not based on who's a better practitioner. Th- there's standard quality that I have. But the one thing that I do do is try to match up people's personalities. Like sometimes I'll say like, mm-hmm. you should really see Dr. Del Rey or you should see Dr. Greif or Dr. Gordon or do- whoever. Yeah. Only because I know, like I know what those people's personalities, interests are like. Right. And then I meet a patient and I start to hear and, and see the things, the common things. And I know that that's how people mesh. In fact, even there's some people I don't do that much treatment anymore. 
But the people that I still do treat, the reason why I treat them is I know they get better with me because their personality matches right. with it's me. It's not that I do anything different than anyone else, right. but they love speaking with me. And that is so important. To, to It's a great point that you brought up that if your personality matches with the practitioner, it's so much better. And a lot of times people don't realize that they'll go for a massage or they'll go do something and they'll say, oh, that, that massage or that physiotherapist, that was horrible. That was a horrible treatment. And they don't realize it wasn't actually the treatment that they didn't like. It was actually the personality maybe they didn't jive with. Sure. They didn't really connect. And then they meet someone else that they really connect with. But that's that's a great point, and it's huge in, in healthcare. You really need to find a personality that matches with you. And we're really good at doing that in other, you know, when you need an accountant or a lawyer, you're always taught like shop around, like find someone whose yeah. message jives with you. It should be the same thing in healthcare. You, if you're going to find a dentist, an optometrist, whoever, find someone that their personality jives with you. Get to George. Hey, George, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Good, sir. What's going on? Oh, uh, lots of things, man. Injuries. Okay. 1990 till now. I was concerned off with the car landed on top of me. Boy, I'm the guy that called him a few months back. These guys called me Super Dave Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were banged up nicely. So I, I, I got to ask you this again because I, I, I agree with uh, Dr. Lee there and about, you know, mind over matter and all that. But in a way, yeah, but in a way, no. Because if you got these injuries, anyways, it goes from the car accident. <clears throat> excuse me. And then it went to uh, hernia surgeries and I had a slip and fall. And I had another... Um, uh, before the slip and fall, I had a truck uh, that blew up on my face. I was uh, dropping off a load in Stelco. So now I'm dealing with a concussion G-force blast. Then right after that, I had the slip and fall. Then, you know, because of the slip and fall, I blew up my gut again. So I had the hernia. And then uh, two weeks after my hernia, I had a car accident. So this mind over matter stuff is, uh, it is, but it's not. So I'm not against the doctor. But when you got, you know, I uh, had a broken scapula arm, it just, it just, the injuries when I saw tissue, ligaments uh, from my neck. They said my uh, cervical spine, you know, because of the, over the years from that car accident, I got cervical spine now. And when I went my last, uh, my MRI for my other accidents, they found out the old injuries because they didn't send me to the MRIs or CAT scans from the first one. So all this is just, I don't know, man. I like to talk to this guy alone one time and not alone, but I started meeting up with him and uh, see if he can heal me. Well, so, so you know what? Though, before you even start, yeah. my, you've got a positive attitude already. You've got a sense of humor about it. Like you, man, you you sound like a you've been banged up. More guy that I should no, I should be dead five times. But I'm I'm one of those guys. Cats have nine lives. I'm down to seven. Right, so I got two left. Eh. Yeah, so so let's let's preface this all by saying when I say the like I I don't necessarily say the term mind over matter, but I get why you're using that term now. Your your circumstances are are not the average person's mm-hmm. circumstances. In fact, they're not even the average chronic pain patient's circumstances. A lot of the chronic pain patients that I see are small injuries that have that have spiraled down, and that's where I'm talking about the the psychological and the mind control. How that is helpful. Now, yeah. obviously, you know, the one thing I think I think you accept this already, but I'll reiterate it. Even if you could control your mind to the best of your ability, there was no one greater at it. You would never be healed. You went through some extremely traumatic events, um, and you will never, ever be the same about it. Having said that, that does, you know, the fact that John brings up, like, you've got a positive attitude, you're laughing about it. What if you didn't have that? How much worse could you be? Maybe you'd be dead, right? Like, I don't know. that, And that's the hard thing. Now, Part of the psychological treatment, and again, I'm not a psychologist. My job is essentially to refer to psychologists when I believe that there's 
uh, a need for. But part of 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 the mind over matter, let's call it, is not just simply like, okay, forget about it. Another part is acceptance. And that's a big, big thing. People who have suffered injuries like yours, a lot of the pent up anger and resentment is also because there's never been true acceptance around this. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily your case. I'm just commenting in general. And part of the cognitive behavior therapy is is not just, okay, let's figure out how to control your mind so that your pain disappears. Sometimes cognitive behavior therapy is, hey, you have pain? Let's convince, like, let's work on the fact that that is what you have. And this is part of your life. But how do you go forward with this Mm -hmm. being part of your life? And there's small things that people do where they continually focus on that event, where they relive it every time you talk to somebody. Oh, this is what I went through. And then this, this happened. And then this happened. And this happened. That doesn't help you in acceptance. You need to let it go. Like at a certain point, you got to stop talking about the past and only talk about the future. And again, George, I'm not saying that that is specifically you, but that's what I mean with the psychological component. It's it's so much more than just it will you can diminish your pain in your mind. It's also about how do you control your mind around your pain and sometimes that doesn't mean diminishing it. It's also about accepting it. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got that right though. Like I I I'm you got to tolerate accept the pain, but then you know, because they look at me, you know, I can walk and talk, right? Like, I got, I'm, you know, I'm on top of all the injuries I'm, I'm having right now, I'm also dealing with a bedridden mother, too. That doesn't help anymore, you know? For sure. I got to and, you know, try to take care of a person who's bedridden, you, can, you can't even barely take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And, uh, I don't know, it's just, um, it's one of those things, like, you have to be in my shoes to understand, and people think I'm faking it, too, because, oh, he's walking and talking. There's nothing wrong with the guy. You know, well, I, I don't, I, I mean, you know? the average person might think you're faking it that doesn't understand pain well, management. They under, yeah, they don't understand that. Yeah, no, no, no doctor that understands pain thinks that you're faking it. Um, but again, it, it's that type of like, even that type of disposition that you just displayed there, where it's like, you got to understand, you got to have been in my shoes. I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. It's it's yeah. also about just putting that behind you too. Stop saying those things. Stop reiterating it. Stop living it. Pe- one of the things that I tell people with chronic pain is stop using the word pain. I like don't ever use it again. Right. Uh, because all you do is you you reinforce. It's a reminder. In fact, I'm I'm almost contemplating changing the whole name of Pain Care Canada <laughs> because really it goes against that belief. Like I do it because people can identify what it's for, but then it reiterates the same thing that you don't want people to focus on. And you know, George, uh, again, 100%. I could never fully understand what you've gone through. Uh, unless you've been through it. Like, I, I can't understand. I don't know what you feel like. But all yeah. I can tell you is that I also can't control that, right? Like, I can't control what you've gone through. All I can tell you is that your best hope towards the most normal life that you can have is the therapy, the cognitive behavior therapy around acceptance and changing that thought disposition. But give me a call. I'd love to meet up with you. You can come by. We can chat. George, that number, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and info at paincarecanada.com. Back to your phone calls on the Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 11.44. We go till 12 o'clock helping you, and you help us by calling in and talking to us. You know, before we get to the phone, one thing I want, I want to mention now that I'm just thinking of it, when people call the one eight five five number, mm-hmm. um, and they leave me a message, I actually call back from that number, and sometimes people don't pick up their phone when they see an 855 number because they think it's a so telemarketer. If it is the same number that you dial to reach me, it's me calling you back. It's yeah. literally me, no one else. Um, so if you see that number after you've called me, because 
Uh, sometimes I have to end up leaving people a message and it's a little bit hard to connect. But um, if you see that number, answer it. It's me. And uh, we'll get back to our Aaron. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. What's going on with you? Good. Um, so about five years ago, I injured my left shoulder and uh, tore my rotator cuff. And I had surgery, I had three tears, and he took out some bone spurs and things like that. Then the following year, my right shoulder started acting up. So I went back to the same surgeon who was fantastic. And he said, yeah, you know what, at your age, we should just do it and get it over with because he did. Both arms were perfect. Then about two years ago, I fell off a ladder, and my right arm... I didn't feel like I'd injured it so much as I, I kind of thought that I had nerve damage. And almost like, you know, a uh, strap on your arm, you go to pick it up, and it's like, oh, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And then this January, um, I went whitewater rafting in Costa Rica. Nice. And I know, well, it was. And then it's like, oh, I did something to my shoulder. So I've been going to my uh, massage therapist, and she worked on my lats and my delts, and she said they were really, really pulling on my rotator. And my chiropractor, and he's been doing laser. But, like, I have full range of motion, and I don't have, like, oh, like, burning pain. Until I go to the gym, I try to lift some weights, and then it's like, oh, my God, my shoulder's killing me. Right. So I don't know whether to go to my doctor and say I want an MRI, or should I say I need to go to physiotherapy? Well, what, I'm not sure. Yeah, what I think you need to do, and this goes back to the beginning of the of the show is you have a massage therapist who's massaging you, which is a passive intervention. And then you have a chiropractor, I believe you said, who's doing laser therapy, which is another passive intervention. Mm -hmm. You really need to have someone who's walking you through a graded rehabilitation program for your shoulders. Um, And although you may be active in the gym, that's not what I mean. Like there's a difference between someone who's very active in the gym and then proper rehabilitation. You need some type of therapist that is going to walk you it from, you know, this, like I always tell people, in fact, I meet people that are very, very fit um, and, you know, they're gym goers and all that stuff. And then I tell them we're going to be doing some rehab on whatever area or, or someone in my team is going to be doing that with you. And I always tell them it's going to seem like the beginning, it's the simplest stuff especially if you're very active, but rehabilitation, you need to think of it like a child. Like you need to crawl before you can walk, before Mm -hmm. you can run. And rehabilitation is about working all these tiny little muscles and things that you don't often use in the big movements that we use day to day. So, um, you know, it just, I don't think you need an MRI. In fact, when we've had Dr. Gordon and Dr. Bergava on, Dr. Bergava is a shoulder surgeon. A lot of the times the imaging doesn't provide these guys with more, or girls doesn't provide them with more information than they get out of a good clinical exam. Um, and so, you know, the, the other problem with imaging is you're always going to find something. Right. That's why people that go for it, it's like, oh, you have a degenerative tear. And, and then they're told by their family doctor or someone else that that's the reason for their pain. And it's often not. And so, you know, is there a time and a place for an MRI? Yes, absolutely. I would say that time and place is after you've done, like, go go do proper rehabilitation. Give it four or five weeks and mm-hmm. see if you're improving. If you're improving, then that's great. You're on the right track. If you're not improving, then that's where you uh, uh, you may need to uh, consider something else uh, in terms of further diagnostic tools to try to figure out exactly what's going on. But that that's the biggest part, and that's often what's missing is those types of things. It shouldn't just be passive interventions. And in all honesty, your massage therapist, your chiropractor, they are all 
very well knowledgeable in rehabilitation. It's just whether they choose to want to give it to you or not. Some people don't build their practice around that because rehabilitation is quite time consuming for a practitioner mm -hmm. yeah. to show somebody. Now, they may have somebody they can refer you to or again, give me a call. I can help find someone in your area um, that can do this for you. Yeah, well, my chiropractor actually does have a physiotherapist outlet. Mm -hmm. um, I've just never. So again, you know, and, and this is the big thing. It's it's not about whether it's a chiropractor or a physiotherapist. It's about mm -hmm. whether they will do the intervention. Because again, like I said, a, a massage therapist could walk you through the right rehabilitation program. The same as a chiropractor could, the same as a physiotherapist, an osteopath, whomever, even a surgeon could walk you through. It's just whether they're going to practice that way. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's the more important thing. So just make sure if you're going to use the outlet at your chiropractor's office, mm -hmm. that you're going to it's going to be focused on rehabilitation, not that you're just going to get laser now from a physiotherapist versus a chiropractor. Right. Like that's yeah. that's that's the big thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. OK, that's perfect. Thank you. OK, no problem. Okay. Appreciate uh, your call, Aaron. Alex, uh, I see you there. Hang on. We'll uh, we'll just take a short break and get back to you. 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale right till 12. Dr. Painchell, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is almost 8.52 on a Saturday morning, right till 12. The Dr. Painchell, 1-855-55-DRLOU. Dr. Lou and info at paincarecanada.com as well. Hey, Alex, thanks uh, thanks for hanging in. How are you? No problem. Well, I, I wouldn't be calling if I was good. <laughs> yeah, right. No <laughs> I kidding. Always say, I always say that to people when I meet them. I'm like, how are you doing? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess nobody comes to see me if they're well. Yeah, I'm <laughs> awesome. Can I have an appointment? Yeah, what's yeah. going no, on? Nobody actually wants to meet me. No, no. Well, they, they should. They should. Um, <laughs> I've been on my yeah, really. I've been on my feet for last, the last forty years, working three years in the army, and then doing security for so many years, and now I'm on my feet again. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, uh, pain, 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 pain in my right foot. So I go and I get uh, X-rays done, and I've got heel spurs. Okay. So uh, I did massage therapy. I've just finished doing uh, electric, uh, the, the shockwave therapy, and it's worse. Okay. What? I've, I've got high, um, high in like um, uh, arches. In, arches are high. So I've got the, I've got $500 insoles, and I've actually put in another rubber thing so it doesn't hurt, mm -hmm. but it hurts. When I get up in the morning, I can barely walk. Right. I stand on it for a few hours. I can barely walk. What can I do? Well, I, th I have to see you, Alex, in order to know exactly what specifically you can do. So I would say step one is give me a call. Let's set up a, a time for you to come in for an assessment and let's take a look at it. That's I mean, here's the thing with foot pain. Foot pain is when the, the general type of healthcare practitioner, when they hear foot pain at the bottom of the foot, they're going to say plantar fasciitis heel spurs. That's yep. it. Like it's the go-to diagnosis, whether it is or it isn't. And, and there's a couple other things that present like plantar fasciitis or heel spurs, and but aren't. And if you treat them like it's a heel spur or it's plantar fasciitis, but it's not, it's likely not going to get better. Now, you know, you also have to consider the part where if you are on your feet again, you're never really, it's the repetitive strain sprain. Sometimes it takes right. a break from things like we talked about in the beginning with, with uh, Greg, with athletes, sometimes people with foot issues, it's like, you got to take a break. You got to, yeah. you got to do something where for a week, a week and a half, you're minimizing how much you're walking around. It sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it's required for the healing process. Cause I mean, 
It, it just is what it is. Um, then sometimes there's also overtreatment where you're doing too many different things with too many different people and it's all just clashing. And sometimes when I meet people and they're being overtreated, what I'll turn around and say is I want you to take your orthotics out. I want you to stop going to see everybody and come back to me in five weeks and let's see where you're at then. Because sometimes it's just you're doing too much and that's aggravating the issue because again, you're you're getting a massage, then you're getting some type of shockwave, then you're, you know, you're have insoles and you're putting in more um supports in like you're saying and sometimes and i'm not saying that you should try that because i don't know i'm just giving you a general idea the way i would look at you when i meet you with you how i would look about this but and i may be totally wrong right now i may not know something that i should know and there's a different way to go about it but there's other options to consider and 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 this is what i really try to stress it all comes down to the proper diagnosis which happens through a proper assessment and that's what i do so come in see me for that assessment we'll get to you know can i promise you that we're going to nail the diagnosis 100% no but what i always tell people is i'm going to give you what i believe is the most likely diagnosis followed by some other things that it could likely be that way we know right like mm-hmm. we know if right. we can tweak it i know the way certain things should heal and if it's not healing in that timeline, then maybe we're wrong, uh, and we and we switch. So it's all about creating uh, the 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 most likely diagnosis, followed by a list of what we call differential diagnoses. So other things it could be from most to least likely, and then going about treating it with what the most likely diagnosis is. And again. It's very important. The other thing that's important in the plan of management is reassessment. A lot of people, I tell people, okay, you need eight weeks of therapy for this rotator cuff issue, for example, right? That doesn't mean they do eight weeks. And and at some point, if in week two, they're saying, I feel 100% worse. I'm stopping. Or now I feel worse. I feel worse that it's like, well, let's keep going. No, if you're feeling that much worse, we know at two weeks you should be at the very least slightly better. If you're not slightly better, we got an issue. Or same thing. If at two weeks they say, hey, I'm 100%. Well, then guess what? You just you saved yourself six weeks, right? So um, it, it, it really, really depends. I got to look at it, Alex. There's a lot of things to consider. It may even be a nerve issue from the low back. Now, again, I'm just throwing out thought processes that I go through when I hear foot pain. A lot of times it could be like a sciatic nerve irritation that you're feeling at the bottom of the foot, but the problem may be in the piriformis muscle. It might be some type of a disc herniation. It might be stenosis in your back. There's a lot of things, but through a good history and good physical exam, we can start to deduce which of those things is most likely. Because I had sciatica well, there about you go. two months ago on the other on the other leg, and I went for th- I went for physiotherapy for that, and that and that corrected it. Like it's, yeah. I, I feel much better. Yeah, but right? sciatica can present on both sides, and it can present in different ways. And, but and again, it may yeah, it may not be sciatica. Again, it, oh, yeah. I'm just saying that there's a lot of things to consider when when I hear foot pain versus other. I shouldn't. I I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, but mm-hmm. again. When you when a healthcare professional hears bottom, even me actually that the foot pain at the bottom of the foot, I'm, of course I'm going to think plantar fasciitis, yep. heel spurs. But I force myself to think outside the box and say, what else could it be? Especially in an instance like yours, Alex, where you've had it treated like plantar fasciitis and it's not improving. Then then we got to really consider what else could it be. Yeah, it was it was shock because I when I did the shockwave therapy thing. Uh, he says, "Yeah, you're supposed to hurt it, and then it's supposed to start hurt, or healing." He says, "Well, if you're hurting it, why is it? Why are you hurting it if it's supposed to be healing?" And I like, I I went four times for that, right? And mm-hmm. then 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 the doctor says, "Oh, well, come back in eight weeks. We'll see how it is, right?" But it's, well, it's, you know, so, sometimes it do, it does take you know? uh, some time for the effect yeah. of the therapies to 
to but come in and see me alex and and let, let's try to see if you're on and again if you're on the right track i'm just going to tell you you're on the right track just you know sit it out and and uh and see what happens yeah, I'll be on the right foot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Nice. See what you did there. <laughs> Alex, appreciate uh, appreciate your call. A lot of stuff going on today. Good yes. stuff. Yeah, good good show. You got to change the name. Yeah, you know, we're considering. Dr. Unpain. Yeah. Dr. Non-Pain. What do you do, though? What's the alternative, really? <laughs> well, you know, here's the struggle, right? Because people know what they feel, which is pain. So yes. it helps a brand identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, as a practitioner, I don't want to focus on pain. So that's where the clash is. So... I'm sure we'll come up with something. I'll let you ruminate on that for a week and see if you come up with by next Saturday. How's that? Or, or if our callers have a better idea. There you go. Send call me them. an email. Call me. Tell yeah. me. Uh, Book a consultation uh, and come up with a show yeah, name. Yeah, exactty Now you've got a job. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U is the way to get a hold of it. Info at paincarecanada.com. Till next time, Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.